Streets aren't ready. Get a bloody move on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast and Ringer SC. I'm Musa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Much better for seeing your very chipper face, Musa. How are you? <laughs> I'm in Amsterdam, living large, living large mm. vibes. Well, it is. It looks large, doesn't it? The hotel room you're seeing. It actually doesn't. It kind of looks like you're on a video call and you're about to tell me that they're treating you very well and you've got plenty of food and water. <laughs> this big three-star energy. Listen, actually, shout out to him. <laughs> shout out to <laughs> Big three star energy. If there was ever a better tagline for our podcast. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Big three star energy. Yeah. Shout out to Hotel Alders and also specifically to Josie, who's been amazing. Like I've had a great time here. Great people. What are you doing there? I'm filming a documentary about a future free from racism. So the idea wow. is to imagine a world where racism doesn't exist. So yesterday I was filming in the south of Holland in a town called Tilburg. Oh, it's a nice town, Tilburg. Beautiful, beautiful. Shout out to Anish Kapoor, who's got an amazing exhibition up there. And it's funny, like, you know, you question sometimes, I spend so much time work on racial issues and I'm like, have I made the right choice? And, and there was a moment this morning when I woke up and I saw that LeBron James and other prominent basketball players, the Milwaukee Bucks, shout out to them, mm. had basically chosen to go on strike, even though they're playing, I mean, LeBron is playing lights out basketball, astonishing basketball. He and so many other basketball players have said, we're not playing and we're striking for the time being while America deals with the injustice of the shooting of Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times in the back mm. in front of his kids. And you see that and you think, yeah, this is, I'm glad I'm doing this with my life right now. And all of a sudden, all the kilometers you've totted up, I've totted up, all the trauma, all the stress, all of it is worth it. Mm. Because I'm like, I'll be able to look back and say, I did. I could have done, we can all do more. I did so much. I did so much. I tried so much. I tried, not did so much, but I tried so hard. And I'm so proud of the documentary we're making. I I think it's going to be really powerful, actually. It's going to be shown in four different countries. It's coming out October 4th. There'll be an international version with subtitles. Nice. So I'll let you all know about that. But yeah, so it's been also on a bright note. Listen, my jacket game. Oh God. Listen, I acquired a new jacket. <laughs> acquired a spectacular jacket. <laughs> but just Amsterdam and the people here are just. Amsterdam's another level. There's an energy here. Another level. And it's definitely not three star moves though. Didn't mention. Oh yeah. By the way, I'm not coming back, Ryan. So, uh. That's fine. It's no that. difference to me. You're not gonna, oh my God, you're not going to miss me. Oh my God. No, I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at your face right now. It's <laughs> fine. All's well. <laughs> oh man, let's talk about football, shall we? Well, yeah, we will. Today we're going to talk about, um, you might have heard, apparently Leo Messi wants to leave Barca. What? Yeah, it's a scoop. Bit of a scoop there for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Women's Champions League semi-finals, which were both absolutely brilliant, I thought. Yeah. And then we'll do a few more questions from the mailbag. All that coming up after this. 
This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. So maybe he's not a one-colored man after all. Wow. Do you know what? The moment is upon us. Leo Messi sending a bureau fax, which is a very it's specific an, document. It's a very it's specific type an of email. document. Yeah, but, but it's, it's a very specific type of document, which basically yeah. like is a formal beginning of the process of departure. And there was a part of me, a forlorn hope that Messi was flexing. I, I don't think he is because it's never been his style to flex. And for, he's never had any taste for political games. If he did, then the club would look very different. He loves Barcelona. He loves playing football. He loves competing. He loves winning. And he just can't do that at Barca for the next two years. And he's not stupid. He's looked at training. He's seen what they have in the squad. And you can't turn around what they need to turn around in the time he has left. You just can't. And he's mm. no fool. Well, we did that piece on Barcelona after the 8-2. Yeah. I think a lot of it applies to this now. So I'd, if people haven't heard it, I'd recommend going back a couple of episodes and listening to it. How are you seeing it? How do you see all this? How do I see all this? It's like I said on the, on the episode we did about Barcelona, there's part of me that just feels quite sad about this whole situation. Yeah. Because they had absolutely everything, that board. Yes. In a neutral setting, obviously, if my team isn't involved, I love seeing teams that are set up to succeed, succeed. Do you know what I mean? In terms of like, so that Barcelona squad, as we touched on before, they're not the Barcelona of old. They're not the Barcelona that once thought that their club was too good to don a sponsor on the front of its shirt. It's a different Barcelona, but they still had one of, if not the greatest club side of all time with the greatest player of all time, in my opinion. And I think it's just a real shame when you have a club that has such a, you know, a history and an association with someone like Johan Cruyff run by people who cannot seem to understand the importance of the person that is at the centre of their football club. I always think of Barcelona decision because I know there's like a Nunezism and then like a Cruyffism thing that kind of runs through that club. And I'm very much on a Cruyff camp, you know. And um, I always look at decisions at Barcelona and I'm just like, what would Cruyff say? Oh my God. And if Cruyff was still alive today, he would have marched into Camp Nou and done another one of his coups, basically. He would have seen what's going on and was just like, fuck this. That's where it's got to. And if I'm being honest, 
I think it's really, really sad. But if Messi has officially notified them that he wishes to leave, it is so much worse than we ever thought it was, no matter how bad we thought it was. Yes, and the reason, it, you know, it's so interesting. You know how we didn't know how good Sir Alex Ferguson was until he left? Yep. We won't realise the extent of what has been covered up until Messi leaves. Yeah. I think there are some people, this is a bit of a hot take, but I'll go there. There are some people who resent the day that Johan Cruyff ever set foot in Barcelona. Oh, of course there is, and yeah. they actually have grown more and more resentful with each success. And here's the thing as well, one thing I will say, there is a, there is a particular species of wealthy person who resents success, which is not on their terms. Oh, yeah. And it's a visceral hatred. Mm. It's the worst kind of hatred because it's disempowering, because it shows that success and power are beyond your control. And I don't think that Cruyff was ever forgiven for doing what he did to Barcelona, for revolutionising, for being radical. And this all feels like revenge. And Sid Lowe said something so interesting. He said, he tweeted, didn't he? He said, I just wonder if um, there are some people at Barcelona, like within that camp, who kind of want Messi to leave. Yeah. If they can pin on him. And I, I think absolutely, I think absolutely, I think that for a lot of those people, this for them is the true Barcelona. The true Barcelona showing its face. Messi being forced out. The people that love this club as more than a club who really live it on the fringes. And there are some people in this world, it's that old cliche about wanting to burn everything to the ground and rule Mm. over the ashes. It's so weird how Barcelona is like a metaphor for what we're seeing in wider political situations Mm. where people are running. Do you know what it is? People who are mediocre and the people in charge of Barcelona are mediocre, make no mistake. Oh, 100%. they, They know they're mediocre everything except one thing, power broking. They know that if there's an open competition about innovation in football and in commerce, they will lose. Mm. They will lose because even their attempts to maximize the Barcelona brand have been horrific. There are people on an open market who could have, who love Barcelona in terms of the Cruyff side, the football first attitude. There are people out there, Barcelona fans that love the club so much. And if you put it to them and put them in charge, the club would be, it would look completely different. Yeah. And the current people running Barcelona know that. They know they'd be better at doing it on and off the field. And the only thing they've got left is gatekeeping. And the fact they've thrown the world's greatest ever player, in your opinion, and also in my opinion, by a distance under the bus, says everything about them. And Diana Christine, shout out to her. She wrote an incredible thread about this. Yeah, it was really great. Incredible thread where just summed it all up about the two schools and like the Nunez versus Cruyff and conservatism versus the progressive face of Barcelona and how actually mm. the only reason we've seen the Cruyff side in ascendancy is because when Laporta took over in 2003, conservatism as an ideology was basically like... It's done, yeah. Yeah, it was done. And it's now had a resurgence. And I thought that that thread was just a three tweets. It broke it down so beautifully. Mm. It just sad. Yeah, I think sad is the word because look, they've wasted Messi's prime and Frankie de Jong doesn't get to play. He doesn't get to be mentored by Messi. Yeah. This is the thing I'm worried about though. And I'm not really worried about it from, from Barcelona perspective. Cause to be honest, they've torched any goodwill yeah. that, that neutrals can have for them, I think. But if Messi goes, then PK goes, I think. I don't think PK stays. Yeah. Suarez is obviously on, has been told that he can leave. You're looking at Griezmann, you're looking at de Jong and maybe Marc-Andre to Stegen as well. And they, those three must be looking at each other and being like, what the fuck are we going to do? Right. And actually, if I was any of those three, I would, I would be pushing for a move. There's some serious stuff going on with the books at Barcelona at the moment. Like they're in big trouble. 
Now, if Bartomeu leaves and Barcelona are in a deficit, then he has to pay that back. Kev Williams, he wrote a tweet about it on, it's something so simple. It was just like, if Bartomeu doesn't quit, then you know how bad the books must be. He won't be ready to leave until he's basically got the club in a profit. So like, if the books are that bad and Messi walks for free, they're going to have to have a fire sale anyway. And the only people of value really within that, that squad that they can get, and I'm talking like serious money, like 60, 70 million plus, because you're not going to get that for Ansu Fati or Ricky Pooch yet. You're just not. But it'll be Griezmann, it'll be De Jong, it'll be Ter Stegen. They're the three. Not even Sergio Busquets, I think, will, would fetch that, any, that kind of money anymore. So then what? Someone on Twitter wrote to me and said, this feels like AC Milan. Um, yeah, and but I, don't, honest, I, don't, I think it's bigger than that. Yeah, I think, do you know, I think... Because I think, because, sorry to cut in, but I think you're seeing an ideology destroy a football club whose major periods of success were completely backed by the opposing ideology. Yes. Barcelona's first European Cup came from via Cruyff and they had a bloody good go when he was there as a player. This is a real hot take. Do you know how it feels to me on a spiritual level? You know, like Obama and Trump, mm. you know how like, it's all like Trump only really exists to reverse everything Obama did and mm. is so resentful of a, the fact that Obama is revered. On a very superficial level, this is an analogy I'm drawing. Bartomeu was a kind of Trumpian figure who was like, I have to tear that down. I have to basically like reverse all trace of it. I have to erase. And, and Diana, I think, tweeted like, now, if, this, if Messi goes and West, all those other people that are part of the Cruyff revolution, Puyol, Xavi, they will not get a look in. No, they'll never, they'll never return. There's part of me, right? So I sat there and I was trying to think, this sounds like such a weird thing, but I was like, try for a second to imagine that you're Lionel Messi. Been here all my life, pretty much, my footballing life. The club did a lot for me. All of these people did a lot for me. There's part of me that really thinks this is just a ploy to oust Bartomeu. Part of the reason why Bartomeu et al. have been so um, carefree with their running of the club has been because I don't think that anyone ever thought Messi would leave. No. Ever. No. Ever. And it basically, this is like, you know, you always see those things about asteroids missing Earth by like 400 miles or 400,000 miles. And everyone's like, whoa, that was so close. And then it's just like, actually, this one hit. Yes. And it's like, now what are you going to do? You saw by the reaction, despite how the state that Barcelona have been in, the running of the club, everything to do with that football club. And yet when the announcement dropped, it was like a shockwave detonating through the entire football world. Yeah. That's how unthinkable this actually is when you, when you kind of step back from it. So I think he knows that. Yes. And I have no insight into this at all because, you know, it's not like I could just pick up the phone to Leo. But the only reason I thought this was because of the, the follow-up from like Puyol and uh, yes, Suarez. Yes. And, and I was brother. like, yeah. I was like, there's something going on here. Yes. And th- right. And, and, and imagine a scenario. Bartomeu leaves, probably Kuman does as well. And then in comes this new generation of Barcelona board that's like fronted by Puyol. Javi comes in as coach. All of a sudden... It saves the club, actually. The club shifts fully back into the Cruyffian camp. Yes. It's quote unquote Barcelona again. It saves the club. This is the, it's that pivotal. If Messi stays at Barcelona and Bartomeu goes, it saves Barcelona. That sounds really dramatic. But I think it does. When I say saves Barcelona, I mean it saves the identity. And without identity, you're nothing. Like it's Manchester United showed how quick it is to lose your aura. Mm. It's very quick to lose your aura. Like Barcelona will survive as a football club, but in a severely mm. diminished form. But as an identity, they'll be dead. And there's a thing, was it um, Suarez's brother on Twitter when he said, this is good and it's going to get better. 
Mm. And I was like, they know. Right. If Suarez and Puyol are coming out and publicly doing stuff like that, something's going on. I yeah, think. right, right. And, and what did Javi say? This isn't the right time. Isn't the right time. Maybe. You know, it's like all the Avengers show up right at the end of Endgame. On your left. Yeah. <laughs> like Messi's looking around, like John Tra- that John Travolta gif. And then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah. duh, 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 and it's like fucking Poyle's there. Like, <laughs> Messi's Captain America. Yeah, Messi's Captain America. He's Cap standing there with a the broken shield. It's like, on your left. oh my God, why is Pinto here? It's just like, I'm here for the music, man. I'm just going to play the music. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, it's the class of 2011, 2012, they're back. Do you know what? That's actually, that's the one reason I was thinking, and there's talk that like Messi's people are in touch with Pep and all that. The thing about Pep is Pep loves Barcelona, right? And the funny thing, I can imagine someone like Pep, I can just imagine Pep being like, you could come to City, but only if you really want to, because it's a bigger deal to help Barcelona. I can imagine Pep at some point in their long uh, conversation. You think I don't he know, just I actually think Pep's a little bit like, um, I think he's a bit Kylo Ren. He's over it, you reckon? He's over uh, it. Also. I think so. That's I think in its current form. I think this is what I mean though. It's like, for example, if the revolution takes place, it wouldn't be unthinkable to see Pep go back to Barcelona. No, not go I mean? back. I yeah, not go back. I can't imagine that. No, no, no. I was saying it wouldn't, I, it wouldn't be unthinkable, I don't think, oh. if there was a revolution to take place at Barcelona to see Pep go back eventually. Because it was the board that nearly broke him. Yeah. With different people yeah. around, you never know. Um, we should maybe move on to a couple of questions to do with this and then leave this because I think this isn't going to go away. So you're going to drop that spice and we'll move on. Can I just say this? Okay. Can I just say this as well? Hey, let's formalize it. Pep back about the- to Barca. Pep back to Barca. It's Are we doing so- a what if? No, no, no. I'm just saying, I'm just, we're just throwing it in, just like. Uh, is this the uh, official Stadio position? Comunicado Oficial. <laughs> Stadio. <laughs> Stadio endorses the return of Pep Guardiola to Barcelona. I do actually, I do endorse it. I endorse it. I'm not saying it's official, but. Can you imagine how much Pep would love Frankie de Jong? He'd call it, I, I reckon he'd call him like, oh, the little Jochen. Because you know how you always call Cruyff, like Jochen. Oh my God, I love this. <laughs> do you know what it'd be like? Pep back to Guardiola. Pep back to Guardiola. <laughs> Guardiola's Barcelona, the same thing. Pep back to Barca, working with Ansu Fati, Ricky Pooch. Oh my goodness. Frankie Dion. Frankie. And late era Messi. And you know he turned Messi into an eight. Yeah, of course he would. It'd be Frankie and, well, Frankie playing deep, Messi, Ricky Pooch in midfield. Oh my goodness. Lights Solved out. it. Wow. Just play Griezmann in his proper position, for God's sake. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> you could even anyway. play Griezmann as a nine. Yeah. Let's get into a couple of questions about Messi before we move on. Yes. Okay. This one from Pete Buscini. He said, this is a big question. Who will have a mustache first, Messi or the Barcelona board? Hashtag going through it. <laughs> I lo- <laughs> Can I just say, actually, before I answer this question, I love the fact that this has become, this podcast, we've become so predictable. We've become <laughs> memes. So when we post something about Messi leaving, <laughs> there's like eight comments about, ah, oh, da da da, is he going to have an eight? <laughs> <laughs> people going know mate, us. go through it people know us so well I think there'll be directors of the Barca board who we don't know who will quietly be growing moustaches right now I think they're all growing goatees and Messi's going to kick the door in with a moustache and just you say that but Messi did get a beard he's good with a beard I've got to say the goat had a goatee I mean he put the goat in goatee didn't no he, he didn't have a goatee he had a beard that's a completely different thing and this well, is why we're moving this this is why we should never have this conversation wow listen wow Okay. You're clearly going through it with your goatee. <laughs> oh, man. Um, who, who, who do we think it would be? I think, I think it would be 
I think Messi would have the first one with the mustache just because uh, bold statement. Just because why not? Why not? It's a statement. He looks good with it. He looks good with it. He all of a sudden just came back from a preseason with a load of tattoos, so he might come back with a with a mustache one day. I like yeah. Messi to rock a handlebar. <laughs> That'd be really funny. Messi with pro- a bandana. Yeah. Kick, like kick the door to the boardroom in. This is it. This is how Messi's going to stage his coup. Kicks the door into the boardroom. He's got a bandana on that just says Mexican Club across the top of it. You know how Messi, like yeah, Mexican Jesus. Club. <laughs> he's got a tank top on. And he's got a handlebar mustache, and he just like lassoes Bartomeu and chucks him out a window. There is something quite with Messi, a cowboy. Messi with a cowboy hat, and um, he's he, Messi actually has well Stetson. Messi's actually got sort of sp- spaghetti Western energy about him. Huh? I can imagine. Messi, like being a small town sheriff, actually. You call him Messi small town? Yikes. No, because like, as in like, no, so is Wyatt Earp. I can imagine Messi going into a small town and settling scores. You can oh, imagine yeah, that. well, he's doing it. He's trying to do it in a big town. So <laughs> I think exactly. he'd handle it in a small town. No doubt. Um, all right, hang on. Here we go. One from Moon Wizard. If you could pick Messi's landing spot for him, where could you choose? Musok Kwonga, you have one side. Name it. If Messi could come... And go anywhere. Messi could go anywhere. Money isn't an object. Bayern Munich. Oh, you are so... Do you know why? I want Messi in Germany. Exactly, I do too, which is why I'm saying Borussia Dortmund. I want Messi in Germany. Borussia Dortmund are going to have Erling Haaland, Jadon Sancho and Lionel Messi as their front three. Just imagine Lionel Messi scoring a winner in front of the Sioux Tribuna wearing yellow and black. Oh my God. I think I might cry. Magical. That's such a beautiful thing. I'm surprised you didn't say Atalanta because that's what I... Do you know what I was thinking? Because I just don't want a club that would like have to buckle under his wage bill. So yeah, just, but I'm, I'm just assuming yeah. that, that... Actually, this is one point that I want to raise is that everyone is assuming that he wants to get paid exactly the amount that he's getting paid at Barcelona. Yeah, and that's my... If he's been prepared to leave Barcelona in order to win, do you think he's going to bankrupt a club and restrict it elsewhere in order to do so? I honestly think he'd be prepared to take a pay cut. If he's prepared to leave Barcelona, then he's prepared to take a pay cut. Because he's not stupid and he knows that no one can really afford him. Okay, here's the thing. So if, if Messi, if it's a question of a club where he'll be A, happy, B, able to win a Champions League and C, with a pay cut, they afford him. Yeah, Dortmund is by far the best choice. Because it's Potch, just... Never- then Potch is manager. Oh my God. See, yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, like I just... I, <sighs> the, reason, the reason I love to see Messi at Bayern is because I love the idea of him winning another Champions League with a club that can afford him. That's my only mm. thing on that. That's how this I is, feel about it. Him going to Bayern though is a bit like KD going to the Warriors, but instead of the Warriors like joining them after they've lost a championship, it would be like if they lost, if they yeah. if he joined them a year earlier. I just really want him to win a Champions League again. I know that's really shallow. So do that's I. Me being, yeah. Uh, but but I, think- I wanted him to win one at Barcelona. There was someone very mean posted a, a really, really realistic screen um, Photoshop of Messi wearing an Arsenal shirt. But it was like he was on the pitch and he had the number 10 on a Messi and I was just like, this is just mean. I saw it. Do you know why? It looked like mockery. Yeah. Because the worst thing is, I don't know, like, yeah, Messi at Dortmund. I mean, it's just never, it's never going to happen. No, Lionel no. Messi's not going to Dortmund. No. Like, What a dream though. Do you know what would have been amazing if they were better is Ajax. Can you imagine Messi at Ajax? Imagine if Ajax had had another semi-final run this year in the Champions League. Messi at Ajax for three years finishing his career I wouldn't come back I wouldn't come back from Amsterdam I'd stay here I'd yeah. stay on I'd, I'd flat hunt if Messi announced he was coming to Ajax now I'd start flat hunting here but Messi to but, Ajax just sounds amazing like yeah. this is where I wish that those kind of clubs and those kind of leagues were there was more parity yeah because then you just increase the amount of moves that people could make and it would be so much more fun 
We had another one, sorry, from Dom who said, can you do a mini what if for all of poss- Messi's possible destinations? I don't think we're going to do a what if, but he put in brackets into Man City, PSG. I mean, I think they're the three leaders in this. Yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to the MLS at all. This is, he's, he's making a move to win the Champions League and to win now. He's not going to go to Japan. He's not going to go to Qatar and he's not going to go to the MLS. Inter aren't good enough. Him. Inter aren't good enough. Ooh, I don't not, know, you know. They don't, they're not. And I don't. I'm not sure about that. I don't think they're good enough. No, the, the squad isn't good enough to get where it needs to get in the space of two years. The squad isn't good enough. Not the club. The squad. There's part of me that just thinks he's just going to end up at PSG. Um, PSG obviously have all the pieces. Even with what they're losing, they've still got everything they need. But I think a lot of this depends on whether people are going to have to pay a transfer fee for him or not. At the moment, we don't know. Yeah, so who's shelling out for that? Yeah. Um, okay, one final question on this before we take a break from um, Druva Balram. Been thinking about this a lot since Messi's departure. He's not gone yet. <laughs> Don't break our hearts, Druva. Hey, Druva's a great writer as well. Shout out to Druva. They got some ITK. No, just a great writer. Druva's no, I meant. No, oh, yeah. no, no, I said, has he got some ITK about Messi's already gone? Um, <laughs> which footballer, current or past, do you think has an alt account on Twitter to talk about the sport honestly slash critically without repercussions to their public image. I know who that is. Go on. Ivan Rakitic. You reckon? Yes. Without question. Shunak followed up saying, I have a guess, is it Ander Herrera? <laughs> I don't think Ander Herrera gives enough of a shit about his public image to get a burner. I think it's Ivan Rakitic. You reckon? Yeah, because he's had such an interesting career. He's been there at the epicentre of some of the most interesting movements in modern football. Croatia, like you could write, he could write the most incredible book mm. on Croatian football alone and its evolution and like what they took from former Yugoslavia and that legacy and the role, the explicit role of football to build the modern Croatian identity. Like he mm. could do a whole thing on that. He's super smart. He could talk about tactical evolution of the game from his own perspective, right? The guy played as a six, he played as an eight, played as a 10. Like he then could talk about Barca, the politics at Barca, mm. Sevilla's Europa League genesis. I mean, he's just, Rakitic is one of the most interesting footballing personalities, but has been taken for granted, disrespected for years. And there's so much Rakitic could say about the treble and how unappreciated he felt. This man scored like winning penalties in two straight shootouts in the World Cup. Mm. Like in Russia, like for Croatia, like where Serbia is like a big, you know, there's a big... Serbian following in Russia like he's the most interesting dude I think and he can't really say any of it it doesn't say any of it, but you know he's saying it somewhere and I bet he has got the alt account or if he has one it'd be the most interesting one that's an interesting one I, I imagine PK's got a burner <laughs> <laughs> PK's just like fuck Bartomeu like all the time he's like one of those one of those <laughs> 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 Make Barca Cruyff again, all this kind of shit. Do you know what I mean? I think, I think he, I think PK's definitely got a burner. But my actual account was Esteban Granero. Esteban Granero is probably the guy who has a secret blog and writes about politics and football. I love that so much. Do you know what's so fun? Do you remember that? Who was, there was a pop star who basically had an Instagram account where they would rank like something like really like wholesome, like types of food or something. Aww. Or they'd write, they'd rank like, cute pets or types of food and then someone discovered it and then outed it and it had like 200 like followers oh no and then someone it was just like it was obviously like her private pleasure mm. and I reckon yeah I think he I can imagine him having like 
a private pleasure, like stuff that he just liked that he was into. Yeah, I would actually recommend if I were an agent that my players had alt accounts just to let off that steam that you need to. They'd all just be following like NBA memes and Brown Cardigan and all of these. Yeah, guys. exactly. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, let's take a break. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Jedi are being murdered. On June 4th, Star Wars returns only on Disney+. Plus. I didn't do it. Believe me. She was my student. Let me be the one to bring her in. Now she is a student of the dark side. An acolyte. Star Wars The Acolyte. Two episode premiere June 4th, only on Disney+. Plus. All right, we're back from the break and we're going to talk Women's Champions League semi-finals because they yeah, took yeah. place this week. These were two really good games, I thought. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start with Barca Wolfsburg? Yeah, why not? Why not? Wolfsburg winning 1-0. Again, the scoreline, not telling the full story of this one. Well, I thought both games were really interesting. I mean, we may as well just say like Leon beat PSG 1-0. Yeah. But Wolfsburg and Leon, I thought both games were really interesting from their perspective because they both were forced to play in ways that they hadn't really played this season. Yes. And both sides did to them what not a lot of sides can do to either of them. I mean, I think in the Wolfsburg game, Barcelona ended up having, I think it was like over 60% possession. And they really came at them. It was weird. I thought the first, the first five minutes of the game, it looked like Wolfsburg had an extra player on the pitch. No, and, and to be honest, it looked like they had an extra five, the way that they were moving the ball around. And there was just no Barcelona player in shot, you know, or there was one or two. But then Barcelona seemed to have more of the early chances. Yeah, I have to say this is, a, I think Sophie Lawson flagged this up. Shout out to her, she's been great. Um, oh yeah, she's a brilliant follower on women's football. But she did say about um, specifically a, a showless finishing. Yeah. Some, yeah, being a, as in one of those things, you know, it's a mood. Well, we saw, we, you know what, you see it in a different context. You saw it with Neymar, like getting into scoring rhythm. She was like, basically when she's on rhythm, she's just like lights out. And I think it was hard for her to have, she didn't find her rhythm in this tournament. And it's those, mar- it's a small margins, but it cost Barcelona, you know? Mm. because she got into position beautifully on three occasions, pulled away at the far post, in at the near post. So her movement is superb, but the finishing touch was not there. Yeah. That was, she wasn't alone in that. The sad thing for Barcelona is if they look at not only the, the chances they missed, the quality of chance creation, they broke down arguably the best team in Europe. Well, I think Leon is still obviously slightly, mm. the nose is in front. Repeatedly. Yeah. And they should have had a penalty as well. They should um, have, you know, for a handball. It was different. A slight, slight contrast with the P- with the Leon PSG game, where there was always that fear with the PSG weren't just weren't quite didn't quite have the tools. Actually, watching that game was a was a different balance to the game. Whereas Barcelona, 
outmatched Wolfsburg. And I have to say this, I really like having Alex Pop in the defensive midfield position. I think that's really important because mm. as the game went on and Wolfsburg began to assert themselves again, I was, Harder was not peripheral, but I've noticed this before. Like when I thought she was teams- actually really good. So I think in the first half, she, her and I thought her and Ashwola were causing both defences loads of problems. You know, what I think um, I'm being I, I'm being harsh there. Do you know what it is? I think it's because it's like the Pep thing. When 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 someone is when I expect such a high level from someone, if they're at like eighty percent of it, then I kind of find myself being oh. But actually, you're right. I'm not being fair. It's because her level is so so high. But I think the interesting thing in that final is going to be that defensive midfield battle. Because I think that was the place where Wolfsburg managed to reassert some level of control after they were shaken by those chances. Because as the game goes on, actually, as Wolfsburg finally scored through Rolfo, you do see the kind of, not necessarily the possession balance shifting, but you saw, I felt the balance of, of play shifting, the balance of progressive action shifting. I don't know if you felt the same. There was a real worry when Alex Pop went off injured. But I think the thing is for Wolfsburg now is that you can take out a player like Alex Pop and bring on Lena Oberdorf. And Lena Oberdorf is a real presence in midfield. She was a presence for Germany in the World Cup last year, only, yeah. <laughs> only 17 years old. I think this is probably one of the signings of the season for any women's club in Europe, I think. Yeah. I think that maybe helped when she came on because I think Alex Pop was, was good, but I think she started to look a little bit leggy before she went off, actually. Yeah, yeah. And there were a lot of Wolfsburg players like that by the end, I think, because I just don't think they were expected to get a game like that. And I think the game really shifted. It seemed to be more that as soon as Wolfsburg figured out that actually Barcelona weren't going to be any pushovers, mm. they started to retreat a little bit. But likewise with Leon in the PSG game, I think that this was actually a really interesting test for both of those sides who've got through right. to the final because they're going to have sustained periods of the game without the ball. Yeah, These are two teams who are used to having the ball. They're used to dictating the play. They're used to dictating the tempo. And they're used to, let's be frank, bulldozing anyone in front of them. Yeah. So knowing that they can actually dig in for a win might be something really encouraging to take to the final. It was funny because Wolfsburg noticed that they were in for a game, whereas I thought that Leon's setup actually suggested they knew they were in for a game. And I thought their setup from the beginning was very respectful and actually very safety first, if that makes sense. Yeah, maybe. I mean, PSG, I think with the PSG thing, PSG are physical, you know, and you saw that in the game. There was one yeah. point, I think there was, they'd had 22, 23 fouls compared to Leon's eight. And you saw that straight away. And they did this to Arsenal PSG. They were really physical. Not overly so. There were a couple of naughty moments. But, yeah. you know, Nadia Nadine got, got booked quite early on. Probably should have been sent off for a second. Yeah. I've got to say, though, Nali Nadia Nadim is my favourite Nadia Nadim. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when she goes in, man. It's just like, she <laughs> just, just, like, takes no shit. I mean, to be honest, that's like her default anyway. But um, she was absolutely nailed on for a second yellow in the second, in the second half, I think. Yeah. Um, well, that's what cost PSG, isn't it, in the end? Guyoro got sent off anyway for a second yeah. yellow. When, Wendy Renard scoring from the resulting, well, scoring a header from the resulting free kick from Madri. Wendy Renard, a centre-back, who's got a goal record in, the, in League 1, I think it was, of one every two games. That is absolutely astonishing. That's what I tweeted. I was like, goal machine, Wendy Renard. On a day when Leon were below their best, it was interesting how ultimately the old guard pulled them through. Yeah, well, I mean, Paris got sent off. So she'll miss the final. Yeah. Which is, she's been Leon's main goal threat since Ada Hegerberg's been out. Watching her reaction, she was... She knew she shouldn't have done that. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. was, you know, that kind of anger, but she was angry at herself. You could see, it was like, she was angry and she was like, 
but then it kind of changed her body language changed to being just like, like, what have I done? Because mm. I, you could see why she made the challenge. It was like rush of blood. It's yeah. not a calculated, like kind of, I mean, it, it was just a rush of blood. Yeah. There was a really was- weird moment in this game as well. When Sandy Baltimore came off for PSG and PSG coach Olivier Equafni, I don't know, it made me feel a bit uncomfortable this. Well, Hope just Solo as, noticed it as well, didn't she? She tweeted yeah. about it. Uh, shouts to Neve Dunphy who tweeted this question and said, we'd like to hear your thoughts on the coach's actions towards Sandy Baltimore after su- subbing her off. So Sandy Baltimore, I think she'd come on as a sub and then got yeah. subbed off. And I thought actually was looking quite good. I thought yeah. that substitution, a tactical one. Yeah, she, she, she came on for Nadia Nadim. Yeah, and yeah. So she comes to the pitch and she was, I'm, I'm mentioning it, I mean, mainly because Hope Solo mentioned this and said, this is odd. And the body language is weird because he kind of like, he like touches her physically in a way that looks yeah it was quite smothering uncomfortable yeah yeah quite yeah. smothering yeah quite like uncomfortable personally I haven't seen a male coach in the women's game interact with a player like that before if I'm mm. being honest yeah and I mean I can understand obviously you you're trying to console a player but there are ways to do it and I think that you should know better basically Absolutely. but then again but then again I don't want to play devil's advocate but we're not in that environment and I'm not privy to the kind of the nuances that go on within that environment. However, it caught the attention of a few people. So I think that maybe they'll look into it. I don't know. But um, yeah, I hope so. anyway, moving back onto the football stuff, because I think this is set up for an unbelievable final. It's on Sunday. Both these sides are unbeaten this season. In fact, Leon have, a bit, Leon have unbeaten in two years. Leon haven't lost since the cup final in 2018. I'm really excited about this game. And the good thing about this is that you can't get away with any sneaky handballs anymore because VAR is coming in for the final. Which is weird anyway. They should have, to be honest, there have been some really, really questionable calls actually in the Women's Champions League so far. Which is something that is a constant topic for debate about um, refereeing in the women's game. But they're in the same locations. They could have had VAR for the whole tournament. I don't really understand why they've only just brought it in for the final. Just do it for the whole thing. Yeah. At the, it's, at the, it's at San Mamez and the Anueta. It's not like you're playing them at a really, really, really small ground without the facilities. Actually, one thing, so while, while, while we're here as well, as, this, as these tournaments come to a close, shout out to UEFA actually just for the organisation of these. Mm. I know it's a small thing maybe, but um, just considering when this plan was first conceived to host both tournaments like this, I think they've pulled it off really well. Yep, and even the, small, even the small touches, like having like UEFA TV where I watch the game on PSG, just having stuff like that and streaming that. I know, I know these are small things and maybe I'm applauding the bare minimum, but that, that's what the bare minimum should look like. I've been watching them on BT Sport. Big shout to BT Sport for the way that they're broadcasting it. All women panels. And it's basically treated in the same way as the men's Champions League would. And apparently it's been really well done on CBS Sports as well. They did a great job with the women's actually. Uh, yeah. CBS Sports, actually, though, to be fair, they, right, when they did the Champions League stuff, they took Peter Drury and Clive Tildesley. They know what's up. Someone in there, yeah. Someone someone in there. Someone (laughs) in there is probably (laughs) my age, right? (laughs) Who's gone to work for CBS Sports is just like, it ain't Champions League. He's like, you know, the always sunny in Philadelphia meme in front of the wall, the red tape. It's just like, it ain't Champions League without Tildesley. It's It's not Champions League without Tildesley. (laughs) We need Tildesley and Drury in here right now. Like, give me another cigarette. Do you know how at every record label there's someone who's like the A&R who brings in, and it's never mm-hmm. like the most senior person, but there's always one person in a record label who like, is like, nah, we've got to get them in. There's always mm. that person, right? There's someone at CBS like that. Yeah. Because yeah, that yeah. team they put together was very strong. All right, let's take another break. Let's do it. 
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, back from the break, final part of the show. We're going to do some questions. So this one from Kieran Duggan. Biggest ever statement signing for a promoted Premier League club in light of potential Rodrigo to Leeds? Well, he's pretty much confirmed. I like this question. I like it, but I can't think of enough. I can't think of that many huge statement signings, actually. I don't know enough. Do you have any suggestions? I think Jean-Michel Zeri is a massive statement signing, considering he was about to go to Barcelona the year before, and then Fulham signed him when they got promoted, which was just wild. Do you know what's wild about that, actually? Who the hell is his agent? Because sometimes I think to myself, you know, you see certain players make certain moves and you think, your agent is leaving a lot of money on the table for you, my friend. Mm. Because Seri's career just fell off a cliff compared to where he could have gone. And the worst thing is, it's that kind of player who, if you don't go there at a certain point, like Frederick Dehu, actually, a good example, went to Barca at a certain time. You don't go there at a certain point. You don't kick on. This is a classic thing of, a, of an agent chasing the Premier League money and knowing that Fulham would be probably pay, be able to pay more money than other sides would, but knowing that it wouldn't be that good a move for him or using it to climb the Premier League ladder and maybe use it to get a boost to a Champions League club. But then Fulham go down and were dreadful that season and then your stock has gone and he spent the last year on loan at Galatasaray, which isn't, to be honest, isn't a bad place to be football-wise at all. Absolute giant of a club, Galatasaray. But still, this is a guy who was tipped to go to Barcelona from Nice. Yeah. And then he ended up signing a four-year deal with Fulham. What on earth? I mean, actually, that's not really answered Kieran's question at all. But I think into, at the time... It was huge. It was It was time. really big, right? Yeah. Because also, weren't Arsenal after him? I think it's Arsenal after everyone, but you know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> also, though, if you think about it in terms of status and achievement, I mean, Jao Martino to Wolves would be a shout. They really, oh, that was a big upgrade. That's it. Wolves had the most impressive upgrade of recent times. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who won the Euros and was at Monaco and had been at big clubs, you know, gone deep with Porto and then rocks up at Wolves. Do you know what I love about that? What I love about Wolves, him going to Wolves is, it's a classic sign of you never know who will say yes until you ask. Yeah. You never know because, and it takes a certain really clever type of recruitment to be like, obviously like there was a tremendous connection there at Wolves, but still, but still, all of that being said, when you've got a player who's, a, it's a very fine, finely balanced act of knowing when a player has achieved a certain amount or is in a certain career arc, you're like, you know what? You might be open to a new challenge. Mm. And I'm sure there's so many clubs where players look and go, I might have gone there actually if someone had just asked me. It wouldn't mm. have occurred to me to go there. But go shoot your shot, said, man. Go yeah, shoot your got- shot. It's like that Steph Curry meme with the, hey. Hey, hey. So, you know, actually, <laughs> this is... Listen, listen, Stadio, we're just a football podcast, but every now and again, we like to throw in a bit of life guidance. And sometimes, you know, you Life to, guidance. Life guidance, listen. Basically, do stay not hydrated. do anything that we do, for, apart, for the love of apart God. Apart from, apart from stay hydrated. Save yourselves. That was so funny. A lot of people were like, stay hydrated. I was like, oh my God, that's become a thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> on that tweet. That was funny. Yeah. Um, I can't think it, of anyone else. I mean, I, let us know and uh, tweet us. If you yeah. have any ideas, because it's actually quite hard to remember a lot of players who sign for promoted clubs. That's quite a specific thing off, straight yeah. off the dome. 
But yeah, Matinho, I remember, was a, bit, was a big shout. When did play, people like Ravinelli go to, or Alan Boxitz go to Middlesbrough? Were they already Premier League clubs? That's the thing, they they were up. Yeah, a lot of the time, yeah. the, the examples I can think of, the players were already, the, the clubs were already up mm. or they brought them up and then just like, everyone realised two weeks into the season just how good they were at that level. Yeah. So in terms of clubs that brought players in who were, they were up and then it was like, wow, look at all the sparkly new parts we've got added. I can't remember that many. But all the examples I'm thinking of are people that were already there. That'd be a good one to do for a full episode, actually. Um, that would actually, yeah. Yeah. Shouts to Kieran, that's a good question. Um, let's have a look. I like this question. Christopher Sibbons, put a manager in their prime in the starting 11 of the team they are currently managing, which manager would improve their team the most? Uh-huh, that's funny because actually you could argue it would be Pep. You could argue actually it's exactly Pep, poor Pep, Pep is on the sideline thinking I am exactly what they need. How the frustration. Although actually, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So think about it though. Man City are already amazing. The accumulative improvement that Pep would add probably wouldn't be that great. Right. What about Javier El Sad though? <laughs> oh my god! No, 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 think- no, it wouldn't, no, it wouldn't work. Do you know why? Why? Chabi needs wavelength. Yeah, but he Chabby. also would just need no help. He could just do it all himself. Ah, uh, you peak say Javi in the El Sad team. Think about it though. Santi Cazorla is there now. You say that you have you a, Musa, You have a midfield of Javi and Santi Cazorla. But still, but still, but yeah, that's but still, but still, but still, there's a problem there. There's- oh, let me live, man. This guy. New jackets, no vibe. <laughs> the the promise three star energy. You know what it is. Vibe gone. It's my mediocre mind. Do you know what it is? The only reason why I'm trying to be, I'm being a bit harsh is when Zidane was it when he got to Madrid and Zidane oh my was God, like Zidane for Madrid would be. A, I mean, yeah, Zidane. I mean, that would because, be really good. Yeah, that's the thing. Like that, Simeone at Atleti kicking the shit out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, let's let's have let's step back from this game. We got Xavi still a great shout. Oh my. I just thought of one. Thierry Henry at Montreal. Oh my God. <laughs> Peak Thierry Henry at the MLS. See ya. Everyone might as well just like go home. Now you put that... a peak Thierry Henry in that Montreal side in the MLS. Nah. It's done. <laughs> do you know what? So do you know what? No, I love this. You know, here's the thing. If Thierry Henry were playing at Montreal, do you realise how many more NBA players would be watching because I don't think people, I mean, I mean, obviously that New York got the kind of late era on three, still scored like one and two, still did some beautiful things. Thierry Henry had the ability, you could put 10, you could put those 10 players behind the halfway line and Henry would take them himself. Think of the Premier League. Frank Lampard in that Chelsea midfield. That's not a bad shout, actually. Peak Frank Lampard. Although, would he radically improve them? I mean, it's Frank Lampard. Yes, he I mean, would. Yeah, yeah, he would. Because Chelsea are a bit short of midfielders and attacking players. And he would be So why not chuck another one in there? Pretty much the best in the Premier League, yeah. Wow, okay, yeah, that Lampard would be amazing. Um, I, think, I think that's the ground, though. That's the ground. Do you know, actually, this, isn't, this is going to be a bit of a, sounds like a bit of a curveball, but Don't peak, Steve, Don't no, peak, Steve <laughs> Bruce, peak Steve Bruce in that Newcastle side. Actually, yes. I think people yes. forget how good Steve Bruce was. Steve Bruce was uncapped by England. I know. He was that a really, really good centre-back. Unbelievable. Um, I think Steve Bruce in that Newcastle side would really, really add a load of quality, actually. I love that. I love that. It's a great shout. Um, let's think more. 
Let's have a think. I'm trying to think in Italy. Gattuso now. <laughs> Pete Gattuso in that Napoli side. Lord. Yikes. Lord. Yikes. Energy. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. <laughs> that, you know what? That Napoli, that Napoli would have beaten Barca. Gattuso. Oh, what, what am I talking about? Pirlo. <laughs> that pillow in that Juve, that, now that's dangerous. That's very dangerous. That's a problem. I mean, yeah. What a great question. I love that question. That's such a kind of, you know, what's so funny. I love how people ask us stadio questions. Like they ask basically, us. <laughs> so many questions we get asked are basically the kind of things that you and I talk about when we're drunk. Yes, exactly. Is like, <laughs> like, th- how do they know? Have they been listening? How do they yep. know? What we- <laughs> and I'll, demonstrate that fact by we'll finish on this question we've literally had this conversation it changes every time we do it <laughs> this one from michael cotton if you could have both been footballers how would you design your career path in an ideal world maximum five clubs musa kwanga your career as a pass first striker take it away can i start at dortmund this time you want to go sancho and go to dortmund as a youngster no i want to be like yusufa makoko I want to come through. I want to set goal scoring records in the UEFA Youth League, right? And people be like, oh my God, check out that guy. Check out that guy coming through. I want to be like that guy. Then when they are that guy, like, and everyone expects you to make a big move like abroad. But no, like I was born in Germany. I love the culture. And you come up and you do things and you have like a deep Champions League run. You maybe not win it, but you have a deep Champions League run. Yeah. Then you leave. How, what age do you leave? Uh, twenty. 21. Oh, just too soon. Me. Just too soon. No, just too soon. I want to leave just- Dortmund. This is, where, this is where you show your true colours. You don't really care about Dortmund. You That's the thing. And that, that, exactly. That would be the reaction. That would be the reaction. Mm. So you want the angry fan reaction. Oh no, does he care about the club? But he does. He's heartbroken. But then he's also insecure because when Barca come for you, you don't say no, right? So you're going to Barca? Yeah. And really struggle. Really struggle there. Yeah. But like... And it's difficult. It's like they're difficult. Gonna, because they're like, going to play where Griezmann is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So get three goals in 27 appearances, go out on loan oh, the next year. Bit, bit demoralised. Where are you going loan. out on loan? Because remember, you've only got five clubs. Sociedad. In the words of Ross Geller, get a load of this guy. Find myself again at Sociedad. Oh my God. If Musak Wonga's autobiography, I found myself in San Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to Barca. So you've broken Dortmund hearts. Now you're breaking Sociedad hearts. Yeah. Go back to Barca. Score against Dortmund in the group stage of the Champions League. Oh my God. Don't celebrate. Don't celebrate. Devastated. Don't celebrate. Walk back to the halfway line. Shrug off my, shrug off my teammates. So that's three clubs. And then after Barca, I would like to go to Italy, I reckon. How old? Oh, stay a long time at Barca. 31, uh, there, 31, 32. Want to go, don't want to overstay my welcome. 32, no, 31, 31, leave, go to Italy, go to AC, because I just love AC. And grow up on stories of George Weyer and then return and just like, just bench for Dortmund and waive most of my salary. This is a weird career, man. I don't like this. I want that. That's what I want. I still, I, this doesn't, no, I don't, this isn't, this is so different to any answer that you've given me before. This is really but I feel different. I feel different, yeah, but. I think you're playing to the crowd here. Ryan, but you age and you see things differently and I've got a different perspective as I get older. I, I'm all I'm now. seeing is that you're just breaking people's hearts and then returning to them when you're nowhere near as good as when they needed you. But that's the story of my life and 
writing Yeah, that's true. It's how we ended up doing the podcast, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean... <laughs> I could have done 10 years ago, my... Musa. Where were you when I needed you? <laughs> <laughs> that is the story of my life, Ryan. <laughs> I got deep. <laughs> No, take it there. Take it there. Sometimes people have to see it. They've got to see, oh, what fuels this podcast? What pain? Oh, if only they knew, Ryan. But yeah, anyway, so that's, that's the path I'd like to choose. I mean, mine, I'm, I'm a big fan of the two club, one of them in two spells career. Obviously, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'd love to come through the Arsenal youth system and I'd maybe get to about 26, 27 at Arsenal. And I always, I mean, mine's really boring compared to, well, there's there's two of there's two or three different various, but like peak Barca, yeah. I'd love to move to Barca for four years, maybe five, and then come back to Arsenal on a free transfer at like thirty two. Oh, so you're returning as well? That's nice. Yeah, but still, when I'm actually useful, yeah. And uh, fair enough, because you know I'm a centre midfielder as well, so I could play till I was like thirty six, just getting deeper and deeper, picking the ball up, spraying, get, going full Perlo. <laughs> Standing in the centre circle like Pirlo and just ping passes around and not defend on posts. That's super cool. I quite like the idea of actually retiring at the club that you began at, though. But yeah, when you're, yeah. but not when you're completely washed past it. Yeah. To be honest, you know that my favourite career path of all time is Clarence Sadoff's. Yeah, exactly. So basically, you just do Sadoff Mark Two. To be honest with you, my first answer to that question was nearly just say, "I just want what Sadoff has." You know, when you go to like a restaurant. And you see someone, you've got the menu and someone walks past with like a plate <laughs> I and the meal. You, yeah. And you don't, you don't know what the meal is. I thought like, you were oh. just going to say that one of those, like uh, when you're in a restaurant and someone orders and you just go, yeah, same for me. Yeah, exactly. You just that's don't it. Yeah, any yeah. joy to it. Yeah. 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 Okay. To be honest, yeah, it's like, that's what, when you see Sadov and his career path and what he did, that actually I think is the perfect, perfect combination. If any of you like have time to go and look up the different moves that Sadov made. To me, that was the perfect career on and off the field. Mm. Everything about Sadov's career path was beautiful, I think. Was yeah. incredible. Was, what, he, has the most, he has the best transfer of all time, that move to Sampdoria. Incredible. Um, let's get out of here. Let's do it. A couple of bits of admin before we go. Stadio theme music is available to buy. We're donating all the money. If you go to stadio.bandcamp.com, all the info's on there about the organizations that we're donating it to stadio outros playlist if you search on spotify all the music we play out on goes up there we hope everyone's doing all right yeah if you want to drop us an email about anything stadiofootballgmail.com drop us a line yeah actually can i say this as well um on that on getting emails we've had some really beautiful messages and Mm. it's really lovely people feel they can reach out about stuff and yeah that i think that stuff matters like you know we're obviously just trying to do our thing, but we do appreciate that people are going through stuff. It means a lot that people could feel they, they could say that stuff. So that's cool. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Yeah. And um, we try to get back to every email that we, we receive as well. Unless you're really mean to us and then go away. Yeah. You know? t if you're feeling, if you're really feeling that bad about stuff, just take out my roll next because they can take it. Yeah. I mean, I will gladly just forward on any slander to Musa. Feel <laughs> 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 free to uh, drop it over. Um, Listen, but yeah, jacket, we, we, and already they're not ready for that jacket. I tell him they're not. Yeah, ready for we're it. never ready for your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. Any more advice, Musuakwanga? I would say, um, I just think at times like this, which is so difficult for us all, um, it's really important to stay hydrated. Absolutely agree. So I just, if we can just do that, we'll we'll, we'll be okay. Cool. I'm just going to fade Musa out and uh, <laughs> <laughs> stay well, everyone. We're playing out on. 
uh, dip in the pool on Retinae. Uh, it's the West version. And have a good weekend. Community Shield this weekend as well as the Women's Champions League final. I can't even. Goodness gracious. I, I feel like a visual boycott of the Community Shield. No, this, is like a new, this is like a new extra thing that we always add at the end of the podcast now, just complaining about how much football there is. Yeah, anyway, don't we love football. Yeah, yeah. 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 But don't interrupt my football season. Don't start a new thing. Don't serve me a new meal when I'm still Whoa. finishing. Oh, all right, yeah. Dad. Right. Come on, let's, I'm going to take Dad for a walk, <laughs> everyone. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday. See ya. <laughs>